Hello, everyone, and welcome back. Uh, today's guest is Kathy Steele. I have the honor of introducing her. Hello, Kathy. Hello. Well, let me tell you. Oh, it's wonderful to have you here. Let's um let's introduce you. I, I want to tell everyone a little bit about you. Uh, you are the founder and the CEO of Red Caffeine. I love that name. I just love it. I can't wait to hear about how you came up with that name. But um, your company focuses on business growth strategy uh, for your clients. You're known as a growth expert. Um, I know you because you've been a multi-year winner of the best and brightest companies to work for in Chicago. And uh, it's been an honor just learn me learning from you. So I thought it would be wonderful for everyone to learn from you. Um, you not only lead your company, um, but you're also a speaker. I happen to know you're a speaker. Um, you're a business resource to others. Uh, and you get involved in many industry groups uh, in the community. So helping other entrepreneurs uh, succeeds not only in your job description, but it's a passion that you have. So welcome to the program. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It's just a pleasure to be here and just been a pleasure to get to know you through all the best and brightest um, uh, functions that you've hosted. Uh, thanks, Kathy. So um, let's talk about Red Caffeine. I'm dying to know how you came up with that name and, and tell us why you started the company. Sure. So. Um, Jennifer, we initially really founded Red Caffeine uh, to help mid-market organizations with their branding, marketing, technology needs. Um, and so we really started to see that our clients were needing a bit more um, than those, you know, those marketing tactics and their their challenges were bigger. Their, they were operational. They were struggling with talent um, and hiring. They were you know, struggling with digital transformation and sales. And so, you know, after a few years um, more delivering more tactical services, um, we, we really uh, repositioned our organization and offering to help leaders build a strategy um, that would provide them with, you know, both the grow to market plan and the implementation team to help them execute on that strategy. So um, over the past nine years, that's that's really what we've been focused on is growth strategy. And you coined that the grow to market plan and, and it's it's a growth strategy plan. It's a brand plan. It's a marketing plan. It's a sales. There's sales in there, there's tech in there, and there's a people component. Can you give everyone a 30-second overview of what the growth to market concept is and maybe share some successes from that? Sure. So um, I think, you know, the, the grow to market plan is really successful because it's it's more than just a series of marketing tactics it's really thinking about the you know the entire business um, infrastructure and then you know the way we really start is with a discovery workshop and so you know the clients might come to us and say we need to generate more leads or we need um, to improve our you know our uh, we need to hire more people but we really then dig into those issues it tends to be a, a bit broader than they initially think it is um, so we team that you know internal information that we're getting from the organization with external information so market research competitive analysis we talk with customers we talk with employees so we really get a good um, picture of what is going on within this organization and then we help the 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 company um, prioritize because 
obviously there's you know not infinite time or infinite budget typically so we really want to stay focused on the things that are going to have meaningful impact in their business and so you know um usually the plans the go-to-market plans would involve some branding elements so a lot of times people don't have a, a clearly articulated value proposition or positioning in the marketplace so helping you know with some of those foundational um things as well as uh technology so they may have not you know um been really leveling up their technology usage whether it's sales technology or hiring technology so help them put a plan in place to automate and create efficiencies and then um then you know obviously the people component uh, uh so you know really assessing where you know what they have on their internal team in terms of sales and marketing uh resources and then we we put together a team um, to execute those strategies. So sometimes we're working in combination with internal team members and other times we are that cross-functional team for our clients. And so, um, so you know, we're not just delivering a strategy, we're out ha helping execute that strategy. And most of our clients find it's more affordable to hire a fractional cross-functional team like Red Caffeine versus to yeah. actually hire and train their own internal team. So it's ingenious because it's taking those big, huge consulting firm concept and you're bringing it to a smaller market um, for smaller businesses that need it almost more than the big guys do, right? Uh, it's yeah. pretty ingenious. Pretty ingenious. Well, thank, you. thank you. And I, I appreciate that you, you know, you recognize that because we do, you know, we do get sort of, oh, you're like the Deloitte of the mid-market. Yeah. So we really do pride ourselves on being able to think um, about the business and not just about marketing or sales activities and help prioritize, you know, budget and resources to to really help you know, the yeah. overall business grow. What I like about what you do is usually when people say I need marketing, it, it really means they need growth, right? And you translated that growth into ways that really truly help people rather than just giving them a marketing plan and executing on marketing. So, you know, I love strategic planning and this, this screams strategic planning all over it. Um, and many smaller businesses or mid-market businesses um, don't have strategic plans that are effective and they almost need somebody outside to come in and help put it together for them so there's actual results. Um, yeah. Do you want to share any um, success stories that, you know, brag a little bit about someone you helped? What did, what did you start with? You know, keep it confidential, of course. What did you start with and what did where'd you leave them with? Sure. I mean, um, I think one of the most thing, one of the most uh, interesting things and important things to note is that a lot of times we are doing a multi-year, um, you know, agreement. Uh, most clients need a lot of support. Um, so, you know, but you know, a couple of success stories would be where we've helped really digitize um, a revenue generation system for a client. So, you know, really come in, audit how they're going to market um, with their sales and marketing efforts, you know, um, identify gaps in the process, help them, you know, actually structure a process. A lot of, you know, a lot of people are really good at the core thing they do, but they don't operational, like operationalize their talent strategy or operationalize um, their sales strategy so we put those those roadmaps in place like a blueprint in place and then we try and to level up 
certain key areas of that revenue strategy. And so, you know, you would hear many of our clients say, you know, that they've become very sophisticated sales and marketing um, experts because they've ridden alongside us in their plans. And so, you know, really can um, tell us or tell you now, you know, where um, marketing is having impact on their sales um, outcomes and, you know, and really be able to use some of the technologies like CRMs and marketing automation um, in their in their sales and marketing process so that they're, they're you know, being able to be more um, just better uh, you know, better outcomes for sales. Yeah. No, um, you mentioned to me that you're women certified uh, owned and uh, you founded Red Capping. Can we go back to when you were thinking about starting your business? Uh, what was going through your mind back then? What made you take the leap of faith to start your own business? And then I would love to hear why it's called Red Caffeine. I, I think that is the coolest name versus Purple Caffeine or, uh, <laughs> you know, tell us tell us a little bit more about that journey. So, um, it, you know, the story is a little bit of has a little drama to it. I, you know, the foundation of Red Caffeine was because I was coming out of a partnership. I was in another business um, and we were, you know, heading for a business divorce. It was uh, a very, very trying time. Uh, it took, a, you know, about a year to unwind that partnership and that business. And um, what I wanted was to do things differently. I'd always sort of loved the idea of some of the, the cultural things that we did do at my prior company. Um, but, you know, during that process of unwinding the business, I became um, a part of the small giants community. So I really learned that you could not only build a profitable business, but you could build a business that has, that really cares and has um, a great culture. So really cares about their people. Um, and you wouldn't have to suffer profits and you wouldn't have to suffer your uh, employee experience. Um, you know, you could have, you really could have both. You could have um, even, even great relationships with your customers and your community as well. So that really intrigued me and to know that there were other businesses doing it was super cool. So uh, we did have a small group of people come over from the other company with us and uh, with me. And um, we weren't sure if we were gonna retain the former brand. Um, so we started to work on name storming for our new company, um, which was really fun. And, and so we do know that we wanted to have something to tie us to the old brand. So that's really where the red came in. Yeah. And then, um, you know, caffeine, uh, one of the team members came oh, in and story, put right? a, yeah, he put <laughs> like a, he put us, you know, posted a big post-it on our whiteboard and said, I only have one idea and I bought the domain and it was red caffeine. And the team was, unanimously in favor of that name. It just, it was right for us. It didn't box us in it. You know, we knew we were gonna be a business that was going to evolve our model over time. And we didn't wanna be bound by a name that precluded us from, um, you know, doing or repositioning the business. And Red really, you know, feels, it kind of is our passion for what we do uh, and caffeine is that energy, is that fuel for how um, we get, uh, help a business grow. So it really, really fit us. It makes sense, it makes sense. And, you know, just from our background, um, 
we we've seen so many partnerships that's that's a very common story in fact a majority of partnerships don't make it and there is a separation and then each go on their own and they're also successful so you know it's almost a stepping stone uh, partnership so that that's very very common very common so congratulations on on making that leap i know that must have been a little scary you mentioned small giants i also know that you're involved with eos for those that don't know that's entrepreneur um operating system um you called it the um small giant community yes. there's a great game of business open book management system I'm, I'm reading from your bio here story brand and junto institute so tell us a little bit about those tools, what those communities and tools are, and sure. what advice you would give for others listening today on what those tools did not only for you, but for your clients and, and why you are so um, attached to them. Sure, absolutely. I, I mean, I wish I would have known some of these things um, earlier on in my business career, but uh, you know, I've always been a life learner and, and at Red Caffeine, you know, we, uh, one of our values is being a, a, a culture of learning. So I've always believed that you don't have to always learn by mistakes. If somebody's been there and done that, they probably have some insights that you can leverage and, you know, um, fast track an, an improvement in your organization versus trying to do something on your own. So EOS, um, Entrepreneurial Operating System, I, I really feel like that's been a game changer for my business. I probably wished I would have done it a little sooner, but you know, I, we've been um, operating using the EOS uh, methodology for about four years now. And uh, it really is just an operating system that is, is proven uh, it's, it, and it helps your business um, function by just a series of different things like the way you run your meetings and the way you include your um, whole company in decision making, but it's got so much structure. It doesn't really create this free for all atmosphere. I remember I remember the day I knew it was working it was when I stopped dreading my leadership team meetings and was excited <laughs> about my leadership team meetings because they were productive. We actually got stuff done. So um, that's the same oriented versus very um, oriented. And our grow to market um, methodology really, really is such a companion to the EOS methodology. There's it's it's a very aligned um, methodology. So I think we love working with other EOS companies because we we all speak the same language. Uh, in terms of um, great game of business, uh, financial transparency, I, I really believe in financial transparency. Um, that was one of the things that was a mistake that I had made in my business prior to this one that, you know, thinking, keeping uh, things from my employees, they either assume something is way worse or way better than it really is. Oh, way worse. Nine times out of 10, just from the best and brightest yes. community. You don't tell them whatever they make in their head is a thousand times worse than what the truth is. Um, exactly. So I, you know, I, but I think with, with that um, really comes that, that obligation to do that financial literacy training, not every marketer or technologist or account manager comes to our organization with um, financial literacy. So we believe in, you know, really doing that onboarding and training around um, the financial practices for business. I've seen such great impact for people in their personal lives, as well as it, you know, it, it's really a great 
way for our, you know, since our our employees understand how uh, business finance works, they they take that same thinking to the client work that they're doing and, and are very fiscally responsible for um, the client budget. So it's it's really great um, to be able to to provide that owner mentality for our team. Uh, then I uh, think you also mentioned the Junto Institute. Uh, that's a leadership development organization that I've been um, a part of it for, um, I want to say around seven, eight years. So uh, the development programs are really based on emotional intelligence. So everything, uh, they, they help coach you as leaders, um, as well as your management team and employees on all the different aspects of, of business curriculum. Um, but they also provide mentorship opportunities. So, you know, we are a smaller organization, so it's not always easier uh, for us to find a mentor within our own team. And so, you know, to be able to team up our, our uh, employees with mentors outside of the organization, the Junto Institute has helped us uh, form some of those relationships, uh, CEO forums, peer forums. I, I really love, you know, like, like you are doing at, um, at the best and brightest, the, the CEO or the peer forum aspect to be able to trade experiences and share them with others and learn from other business leaders. It's it's just such a powerful way to learn. A really good topic. There's there's two things here. One is we have noticed with the best and brightest that um, the leaders want to self improve. They want to self improve. Um, the other thing too is that um we've noticed um that some of the lowest scoring areas is is sometimes around trust and transparency of leadership so you're you're bringing up a very very good point here where um leadership is critical to be um vulnerable to show transparency um we we have made recommendations to the business community that um you need to communicate more as a leader absolutely must communicate more because you think messages are getting out there and they're not. They either aren't getting translated correctly and then you throw a pandemic in there and digital and hybrid worlds and whatnot, it's gotten worse, not better. Um, so, so all of these things that you are learning yourself and applying to your clients is probably why you're a best and brightest company. Um, so let's, let's talk about um, people a little bit here. Um, sure. Uh, tell us a little bit about some of your culture uh, at your company, some of the rituals that you have, some of your best practices of being a best and brightest company. Share some of those and then we'll we'll talk about the talent war a little bit too. Sure. Well, I, I do always feel funny about talking about the culture because I, I do think my point of view is a, probably a little different than in the employees. So in interviews, I always like to let the team talk first. Uh, but you know okay, so what would they say what would they I, say how did they well, answer the question? i think that they you know they say things that make me just almost want like bring tears to my eyes they they probably say it better than i do uh they really talk about just the the culture the people 
um, we are uh, we are really a high performing culture and and um, we have a lot of super smart people working for us. Uh, but one of our values is that work life harmony and to, so to be able to not only work hard but play hard. I think uh, our team has a lot of flavor. Another one of our our core values. So you know bringing innovation and creativity to the way we work um, with each other and with with our clients and anything that we're doing in the community. Um, so our culture is, is uh, it's, it's kind of a, a fun balance between, you know, having a good time and doing really great work. And, uh, and I think that sometimes our significant others might think we have more fun than we do work because they listen to our Zoom meetings sometimes. Oh, give me an example of what you do for fun. Well, I, you know, we just recently had our um, Ann Badassador Award, so that's our annual um, recognition program. And so, of course, it, you know, our, our anniversary and uh, uh, this this um, event always happen around Halloween. So we had to get dressed up in costumes, and we couldn't get dressed up in just any costume. We had to get dressed up in our superpower costume, but right. it, couldn't, it couldn't be like superwoman. It had to literally be your superpower. So I dressed up in. I'm a pretty high energy person. I dressed up it with a, you know, a, a coffee, a red caffeine uh, a coffee. But you know, we we saw so many fun um, ways people express their superpowers. So we're always trying to put a little spin on that. And so we had a. You know, a great um, you know employee event uh, recognized some of the standout performances, but I think one of the most touching pieces of the event was that we had red buckets on a table, and so nobody walked away without getting some recognition. And each of the employees wrote a bucket filler comment to their coworker. So you wrote a comment for every single one of your coworkers. And whether you won an award or didn't, to be able to walk home, I, I actually, I have my bucket right sitting right over there. It just, you know, came home. It just brought tears to your eyes how much uh, people appreciate um, their, their, you know, their teammates. It, it was, it was. And that's very low budget too. So was, I, yeah, I know, actually, I know we, we put that as a best practice. It probably came from you and our best practice uh, resources that we pushed out is, um, create bags, brown bags, or whatever it is, in your case, buckets, and everybody writes a note to everybody in the company about what they value or appreciate about them. It goes a long way, goes a long yeah, way. It absolutely does. And I, I think the one thing that you mentioned earlier around, was around really having conversations. So I, I learned that uh, that as I was leaving and exiting my other business, uh, I started having these, we called them culture club, um, they were late afternoon. There was might have been a beer or two opened, uh, but it was sort of this opportunity for me to share what was going on with the business divorce. And people asked me uh, very pointed questions. They were concerned about losing their job. They were concerned that the company wouldn't make it. There was just so many unknowns. And it, it really pushed me to be truthful, authentic, and, and transparent with my people. And it went a really long way. All of my all of those people came over to the new company with me and they could have done a lot of different things. Uh, so 
it, it is something that has migrated from my past business over to the new business. We have culture club lunches once a week. We share information about the, you know, what's going on with the company, the financials, but we also, you know, have learning opportunities. So I, I do feel like, you know, you do have to continue to repeat things to people and remind them about your great benefits or, you know, what is going on with the organization. But if you're, you know, if you have sort of that um, set time in, in the week or in the month that you're doing those things, it just, it, it starts to build that open and, uh, and transparent dialogue that you can have. With I'm glad you brought this up. I have had three separate conversations this week just on this topic of um, allowing your team to ask you directly as the leader, the president, the CEO, the top dog, right? Um, scary questions and being able to not get punished for asking that or um, pressure from others. Oh, why did you ask that? You know, having an environment where those questions are expected, they're appreciated, they're valued, um, and rewarding them for the cult for the courage to ask those questions. That's that is one of the things that we're actually recommending because we got to get these transparency um, um, values to go throughout organizations. And the only way it can do that is top down. Um, yeah, it, it, it's tough. It's challenging. Sometimes the questions you feel they, they hurt you or they you, you or they're um, uncomfortable. But again, like we talked about earlier, if you have that chance to uh, to you know to be able to give feedback or or answer a question, even if you don't always have an answer, sometimes I've had to go back and think about something and then come back to the team with a an answer or solution. I do think also EOS um, the the functions of the uh, L10 meeting or the agent or you know the group L10 meetings because they disarm issue work, like working on issues, they have that formula for naming an issue and, and trying to solve or get to a next step in improving something. I think that it has a natural, um, it's just a, it's a very natural way to problem solve uh, with the group. And I think it gives people that open forum too, to bring up something that might be uncomfortable. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. So, um, Kathy, you are our go-to person, and, and this comes up in our discussion roundtables. It comes up uh, at board meetings. It, it, it's a hot issue, um, the value proposition, and actually the war for talent. And we are finding the best practices out there is that you bring someone on, the first interaction that you have with a candidate, you walk them through what is their employee experience, and then how do you treat them as they leave? Um, and a lot of people learning, including myself as a leader, are learning to adapt. And um, one of the things that is expected now um, for cutting edge companies is to have this value proposition from an employee perspective. So um, for those out there, we put all this energy into marketing and growing and getting clients. Right. So taking those lessons, now you're a growth expert, taking those lessons to get clients and strategize around that and the client experience is now the the same process for the employee experience. And we are telling HR leaders 
to team up with their marketing teams um, and strategists such as yourself. So walk people through, um, pretend somebody doesn't know what the value proposition is from an employee perspective. Walk sure. them through that mindset and the bare minimums that they should have in their value proposition. Sure, absolutely. I, I You know what, Jennifer, I, I just first wanna mention that uh, in every CEO forum that I've been, I, I've, I've, I've done like four different CEO, um, you know, meetings in the like past three months. And the top thing, I, I think the recession is scary, but the top thing people are talking about that they're concerned about is talent. I, they are, it is such a hot button in, uh, issue. It's not going away. So we really do uh, need to start to get this right in our organizations. And so uh, it really, you know, regardless of size or industry, we're all really uh, challenged with this talent um, uh, situation that we're in. So a value proposition in its just like simple state is a statement that summarizes why a customer or employee would choose your product or service or choose your company. And so when you think about um, just as a consumer, when you like walk into a store to buy a bottle of water, and you grab the bottle of smart water and you could have grabbed a bottle of Fiji water or a bottle of Dasani or any other water brand. But if you really think about it, you grab that bottle of smart water because of its value proposition. That's something about that, how that brand has conveyed why that water is better than the Fiji water or whatever resonated yeah. with you. That's exactly um, you know, what we need to do as organizations in terms of how the employee perceives your business. So if you really want to be an employer of, church, uh, of choice, that you've, you've got to build some differentiation around why a candidate should choose your organization to apply to and uh, choose your organization when they've got a couple offers on the table and choose your organization to stay at um, once they've been employed and onboarded for a time. So, you know, being an employer, um, of choice really does require a strong and dif differentiated and truthful um, value proposition. I think that uh, there's a lot, I, this was one of the things that I really struggled with in my early career around branding when you'd you know, ask somebody about their values or what their mission was or what their purpose was and they'd like, oh, wait a second, um, it's around here, it's in a drawer somewhere, <laughs> you know, like, blow the dust off of it and and uh, out would come, here's our values and you read them and you just would be like, no, those are not your values. I've been at your company many times and that is not truthful. So, you know, you really um, can build a differentiation, differentiated value proposition for employees, uh, an employee value proposition, um, but it has to be rooted in what you know, what you stand for as a business, what your values are, uh, what your purpose is, um, what your mission is. So there, there it, needs to be some. Invented. It, it, I'm sorry to interrupt you. No, no, it doesn't have to be invented. It's already there. The fabric's already there. It's somebody looking at the fabric and saying, yes, this is our, our place of employment is wool. It's going to keep you warm. Or our place of employment is cotton. You won't sweat. You know, whatever, right. whatever analogy you want to make on it. But um, and putting the collateral materials together and things. And here's the interesting thing. 
many um, leaders that have really good cultures, they're very humble. They don't know how wonderful their culture is. They can't define it. They can't put terms in it. Um, so, you know, having your team, like you said, you said you wanted your team to answer the culture question. Having your team put a committee together and saying, who are we? What are we about? And some, some interesting practices with that is once that's identified, in the recruitment process, let's say somebody has some job openings, have somebody talk about that. Here's our experience. Here's our value that we provide to you. Um, I like it from a small, smaller business perspective for those that are smaller, say, hey, we're not going to pay you a ton of money here compared to others, but what we can give you is an extra half day off, or we can give you um, uh, this wonderful culture where we're helping the world or whatever it may be right and being honest to your point being honest about that but it it does need to be structured and managed and that's yeah. that's what we, companies are doing now Go ahead. It's, it's part you know the value proposition is sort of the pillar of your your messaging strategy right so everything sort of rolls up so your your job descriptions need to um, reflect that value proposition your uh, you know some of your advertisements need to reflect that value proposition and then people need to feel it in the interview process you you know that first welcome yeah. thank you for your application email that needs to be personalized and feel like your organization so every touch point just like as uh, your customers are touched every touch point with a candidate is an opportunity to re affirm your value proposition or to dispute it like to make it like we say we're this but yeah that's not the experience that you get as a candidate or as you're looking at the job description so and then i i think even uh in the interview process we haven't um had to do this as much but i think sometimes you do need to do some coaching around um culture and how to describe your culture so that the the team yeah. can articulate it during the interview process because I have not been on an interview in years that we haven't been asked about our culture, you know, right. and specifically asked by candidates. Do you have the materials and have you trained the team on this is who we are and this is how we do it? And yeah, there's so many layers of complexity on it. And, and it's a somewhat new world um, that people are going into. And, and thank goodness we can lean on people like you that have mastered it and now just need to apply it towards talent. So. Uh, yeah, thank you. It's it's really challenging. So you know we're really being it's it's probably harder, and we're seeing that shift. Sometimes people are investing more in marketing for talent sometimes than they are for marketing for customers. So the one last thing you'd say is you wouldn't put somebody unprepared to you know in front of a pr prospect to pitch your business. So but you know that's the start of the same prep that you need for your team as in the recruiting process. Okay. Very good, very good. All right, well, let's just chat, let, let's switch gears. Let's chat about you a little bit more and, and uh, your career and everything um, related to that. Um, um, as a uh, woman, you know, it's a little different running a company. Um, and I am sure that there are some um, young ladies out there that are thinking about starting their business. Um, I'm sure you've had monumental moments in your business. Um, what advice would you give, let's say it's an 18 year old young lady 
she has a dream of starting her own business. What advice would you give her? Sure. Uh, well, I wish somebody, I would have asked uh, other entrepreneurs as I was starting out, but I, I think one of the things that I did later in my career uh, was one of the things I should have done initially is, is really write a long vision, um, you know, really descriptive uh, story about what I wanted the company to look like, to feel like, to, you know, feel like from what our offering was, what our employee um, would, you know, experience would look like, what our culture would look like, what our clients uh, would look like. So really drafting out you know, a vision. They always say that, you know, you wouldn't just get in the car and start driving. Well, sometimes you would, but, you know, mm -hmm. you, you want a destination in mind. So to write out a vision, uh, if you're starting a, a company with others, uh, you know, maybe have people collaborate on that vision so that you've got a really clearly articulated roadmap of what you want to build. And then, you know, layering on all the other assets like the business plan, budget, the financing piece, those types of things should come after. Uh, if you are considering a partnership, what I would say was is really talk about your values. Uh, I think entering a partnership is is you know very much like entering a, a marriage or an, a relationship where you're going to spend a lot of time with somebody and you nobody goes into a marriage or a partnership thinking the worst thing that's going the, the worst thing's going to happen but businesses have ups and downs and if you don't have good values alignment um, when things are going well you will find out really quickly how much values alignment is going to matter when things aren't going well. So those would be some of the things I would have wished I would have done um, when I was starting the business beyond just the business plan and, and some of the financials. Well, Kathy, we're running out of time, but I, I guess what I want to ask you um, in closing up in, in your career and as a human, as a human, what are you most proud of? Uh, wow, that's, there's so many things, uh, but I, I, I really think I'm most, I, I think the, the pandemic has just taught us all to really appreciate, you know, sort of more simpler things. And I, I really am proud of the fact that I've been able to balance some of the personal things, my family, um, my friends and the time with them, that, that real quality time with them. Um, and, and the time it needs to to run a business. So I, I really feel like I've gotten some really good balance in the last few years and and you know devoted a lot of time to all the most important things in my life. And that's not easy. So I'm pretty proud of being able to to juggle that. Well, congratulations on your success and all the wisdom that you brought to everyone today. Uh, keep shining brightly. Uh, thank you again, Kathy. Kathy Steele with uh, Red Caffeine. Thank you so much, Jennifer. It was really fun.